All right, all right. Go ahead and grab your seat. If you got one, how's it going? Anyone here uh, just got done with midterms? Yeah, are you through? Do you, anyone still have midterms they have to do? Ooh, that sucks. How many more you have? A lot. How many did you say? 17? Oh. Halfway through the semester, isn't that crazy? Any seniors in the house? You have like less than a semester left. How's it feel? You got a job yet? Didn't think so. Your parents ask you what you're doing with your life, still don't know? That was me. Hey, welcome to Salt Company, everyone. My name is Steven. I am uh, the Salt Company director here, and just want to say we are so glad that you're here. If you've got a Bible, go ahead, and we are going to be looking at one chapter, one verse, and one command tonight. The book of Luke, we're going to be in chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, verse 2. If you've been with us hanging out, we're not going to show it yet. Don't, don't show it. There we go. Uh, i got to hold it a little bit longer. Um, if you've been with us for a little bit, we've been in the book of John, um, reading about who Jesus said that he was, learning about what, what that implications meant, not just for Jesus, but that, what that meant for us in the world. And he came to be our only hope our only satisfaction, our only fulfillment. Jesus was everything that our heart was longing for. And in him we find life and we find purpose, not just now on earth, but eternally. And Jesus calls us to continually find and root ourselves as, as finding our identity, specifically in him, as followers in him. And we are actually done with that series now. And next week, We'll be starting a new series through the book of Acts. We're going to be looking at what a life empowered by the Holy Spirit. Let's go. Come on now. What a life empowered by the Holy Spirit on mission to build the church of God looks like. And so I'm so excited to begin journeying through the book of Acts and highlighting some major stories in here. But, but if, you're, if you're here tonight, tonight is going to be a little bit different. We're going to take a break from our normal rhythm of Salt Company of, of taking time to teach through the scripture for a while. And really what we're going to do is we're going to kind of pull over to the side of the road for a second. And take a moment to reorient our minds and our hearts around one of the foundational things about Salt Company. So if you've been coming to Salt Company, if you're around, r relatively everyone in this room has been coming to Salt Company just for a little bit. I mean, we're like only two years old. And a lot of you are new this year. And so we want to take a moment and, and reemphasize one of our biggest, like, foundational verses and really to get at the heart of Salt Company. So we're going to be looking at one verse, one command, and tonight we're going to do just one thing. And that is found in Luke chapter 10, verse 2. Now you can put it on the screen. This is the verse we're going to be looking up, and I'm just going to leave it up. And we're going to spend some time looking at this. This is what the verse says. Jesus is looking at his disciples and it says, he told them, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. 
I'm just gonna, we're just gonna look at this for like 10 minutes and then we're gonna respond in the one way that Jesus tells us to in this verse. And we're gonna spend some time praying for our campus and actually praying that God would even change our hearts. But, but for right now, for 10 minutes, let's just like jump in and see what this verse has to say. Some of us who have been a part of Salt Company in the past or this past year, we went to conference last year, you're familiar with this verse, Luke 10, 2. It's on a bunch of our like gear that we have and like our wristbands and we set our alarms every day. If we're a part of the network, if we're on staff, we set our alarms at 10.02 every day and we pray this verse. And this is the verse where Jesus is looking at his disciples and he's revealing truths about God and about the world. Jesus very plainly in this verse, look at it. Tells his disciples what? That there is a harvest. And Jesus is not talking about corn or wheat. And he's not even talking about like money. He's not talking about like a a career that they're going to like sow and then harvest and reap one day. No, he's talking about people. Jesus is looking at a crowd and he's talking about souls. Jesus is looking out into the world. And he sees souls that are hungry and desperate and they're ready to be gathered up and brought to him. That was the sole mission of Jesus. Luke 19.10 tells us that Jesus came to seek and to save the lost. A broken and hurting world. And Jesus said, I came to seek and to save them, to bring them salvation. Jesus knew that the entire world was broken because of sin and in need of salvation. And he came, stepping onto the scene, proclaiming what? Good news. Jesus steps into a broken, chaotic world and proclaims good news of the kingdom of God. He says, death will reign no longer. There is a new king. And he comes proclaiming good news, salvation to people who need it, people like you and people like me. And Jesus says, I have come so that you may have life, and life abundant. He came proclaiming good news, and guess what? He came showing and displaying good news. With his blood, by his death on the cross, Jesus will pay for the sins of the world. He will purchase souls so that anyone, anyone, Anyone who believes in his name shall not perish, but have life and forgiveness, eternally communing with God, the very thing that their souls desired. And Jesus looks at a crowd and he says, I see a harvest of people who are ready for that message, the message of Jesus, the message of hope, the message that we talk about every week. Jesus looks over the world, and says, the harvest is ready. There are people who are ready and wanting. And guess guess what else he says about this harvest, which is, I was listening to a guy in our network preach this a a couple weeks ago, and, and he's like, this is what stuck out to me. And I was like, man, this is so good, because so many times we can just skip back past this verse. But what does Jesus say about the harvest? Those who are, who are ready and wanting to hear a message of hope. What, is it, what does it say about the harvest? The harvest is what? Abundant. It's plentiful. The people that are wanting and ready to receive a message of reconciliation... A message how broken, sinful people can have a relationship with God. 
The people who are ready to listen to that message are plenty, are abundant. And this, guys, is a promise that Jesus gives. Do you notice how he doesn't say the harvest might be abundant? He doesn't say, hey, if you go out there, maybe there will be people that respond to this message. Jesus says, there is a harvest, and guess what? It's plentiful. There is no maybe in this. And this is true of the disciples in this time. And this is true of us today. That if you become a laborer, if you become a witness, someone who has heard this message and then goes and proclaims this message, there will be plenty of people that reject you. Yes, that's true. You go out today living as a laborer and a witness for Christ. Right now, if you decide to do this, there will be people that reject your message. But there will also be plenty of people. This is the promise that Jesus gives. There will be plenty of people who respond to this message as it is the greatest thing, the most beautiful thing, the thing that their hearts have actually longed for all of their life. This is a promise that Jesus gives to his disciples. That there is a harvest and it's plentiful. There will be people that you encounter. If you were to bring this message, the message that you cling to, that you give to other people, whose eternities will be unalterably altered. They'll be changed forever. The harvest is out there. And guys, Jesus says the harvest is not scarce. It's plenty. And do you know why it's plenty? It's because we bring a message, and Salt Company brings a message, and, and you, as a follower of Jesus, if you are a follower of Jesus, bring a message that isn't looking for more people that are good enough to earn salvation. Like, that is not the message that we're looking for. Like, hello, is there anyone good out there who can earn God's love? That's not the message that we bring. The message is, are you broken? Are you in need of a Savior? Does your heart long for more? Do you know that your creator wants you to be known and for you to know him? That is the message that we bring. And because it's that message, Jesus says, it's plentiful. There's plenty of people who know they're not good enough. Do you know you're not good enough today? Do you need someone reminding you? Like, I know that I'm not good enough. That's why I hear the message of grace. And I resound with it. The harvest is plentiful, but Jesus tells us there is a problem. Did you catch it there? This is, this is kind of the big problem of tonight. This is what's going to lead us into a moment of prayer here in a minute. The harvest is plentiful, but Jesus tells us there's a problem. Though the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. Guys, did you know that, like, stick with me. Did you know our campus has a problem? And the problem is not that only a few people want to hear the message of Jesus. Did you catch that? The problem is not that only a few select people want to hear the message of Jesus. We have a problem on our campus and the problem is this. It's not that few people want to hear the message of Jesus. It's that few people share the message of Jesus. Guys, the biggest roadblock to our culture and seeing God create a movement 
It's not that our culture doesn't want to hear Jesus. It's that our culture doesn't share Jesus. We have the message of hope, the message of life. And oftentimes, if you're like me, I do this all the time. I keep it for myself. Four people in the past two weeks have given their lives to Christ. In this ministry, we've seen four people in the past like two weeks hear the message of Jesus who said, oh man, this is good news. I need that. Do you know how, do you know how they heard the message of Jesus? Someone told them. It's, it's that simple. The way they heard the good news of Jesus is that someone told them. They heard the gospel. They heard the truth of scripture. Guys, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Salt Company, do we actually believe that? That people are ready to receive the message of the gospel? Because if we actually believe this, if I actually believe this, wouldn't I be expectant that every person I bump into could be someone who is ready for the, the harvest? Like, wouldn't I be expectant that in my day-to-day activities that God would have ordained someone in my path for me to share the message of Christ with? If I truly believed what Jesus said, that the harvest is plentiful, wouldn't I just be like wondering and waiting like, okay, God, who's next? instead of wondering and waiting, sometimes I just sit in silence. So what do we do? There's a harvest at our campus, 35,000 undergrad students, 15,000 students just got accepted into the freshman class, 15,000 students at Santa Fe, 60,000 students in Gainesville alone. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are few. So what do we do? Like, what's our tactic? How do we shift and change a culture that's ahead of us? Jesus tells us right in the verse. The harvest is plentiful, but the labors are, are few. Therefore, what's that say? Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest. And guys, that's how we're, honestly, we're gonna spend the rest of the night. We're gonna pray, we're gonna worship, and we're gonna ask God to move, not just in our ministry, but on our campus and through other ministries. Because Jesus doesn't tell them to start with action. He starts with asking. Do you notice that? He doesn't say, hey, go work for me. He says, ask me to do the work. And that's what prayer does. It aligns our hearts with his. So that's what we're gonna do. Go ahead and stand with me.